This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Breakfast with Ben's podcast. Tim Ben's with you as we get set for a Thursday night game between the Titans and Steelers at Acrisure Stadium. Second consecutive home game for the Steelers against an AFC South opponent. They lost the first one to Jacksonville, of course, last week. Everybody here still complaining about the officiating. Everybody in Tennessee for the Titans who are coming to town. They're still celebrating Will Levis at quarterback. Joining me right now to talk about the game, a familiar voice to all of you in Pittsburgh, formerly of 93.7 The Fan, formerly of Channel 4, now a long time, it's been a while, believe it or not, a long time news anchor down in Tennessee, in Nashville, covering the Titans, it is John Burton. John, great to have you on again, appreciate it. You can always watch John if you're down there on News 5. JB, wonderful to speak with you again, and uh, you're looking forward to return trip to Pittsburgh. Always, Timmy. Great to talk with you. Yep. Uh, just going to have to get used to calling it Akershire Stadium. That is uh, that is unusual. I made I covered several games in Heinz Field, but this will be my first game covering it at the newly named Akershire Stadium. So, yeah, looking forward to that and looking forward to what is suddenly becoming kind of interesting Thursday night matchup uh, between the Titans and the Steelers. Did you see any inkling? I'm sure you didn't see four touchdown passes, but did you see any inkling of what Will Levis was going to do in his first start. I didn't see that coming, no. I didn't see four touchdowns, no picks. I didn't see three touchdown passes to to uh, to Hopkins. No, I thought the Titans would keep it conservative, run Derrick Henry a lot, go two tight ends, you know, a quick game, you know, uh, shorten reads, uh, you know, kind of like Ben Roethlisberger's rookie year back in 2004, which he made work so well. No, I did not see it. You know, one of the things we saw – from Will Levis being in there for Ryan Tannehill, Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator, called for a lot more shot plays. He didn't call for nearly that many with Tannehill at the helm. And, you know, uh, Levis did, you know, his poise was great. His command of the huddle was great. His command of the offense. Um, you know, he stood in the pocket, didn't really seem to be bothered too much by pressure. I know they did get to him a couple of times, the Falcons did, but that certainly didn't phase him. And the ball was getting out on time and, he was throwing to spots, wasn't throwing to people. That was the biggest takeaway from that. And, you know, one of the indica- early indications I thought it would be a really good day for him was, uh, I believe it was the first possession, maybe the second. It looked like a play where he was kind of rolling a little bit to his right. And just I thought he was just going to throw the ball out of bounds. But he actually tried a deep shot to uh, Traylon Burks who was double covered and covered pretty well. And he laid it in there beautifully. It was a dime throw, but uh, you know, the defensive back got his hand in there at the last second and knocked it away. And I remember thinking, Hmm, this is a little different here. And then obviously the, you know, the first touchdown pass to Hopkins thrown to a spot and the second one to Hopkins where, you know, hit him on a quick slant and just, you know, didn't exactly hit him in stride, but the ball came out with zip on time and, you know, the third TD pass where uh, Hopkins made a great move, made the safety sit down on a double move and got past him. And then the last one to Westbrook Akine, where he's basically rolling the opposite way, 
it was a 33 yard uh, touchdown pass in the books, but that ball was about 50 some yards in the air. And again, he threw to a spot where he thought Westbrook Akine was going to be. And, and uh, Nick did a great job of, of finding the ball and getting under it. So uh, this offense looks completely different. And as good as Levis was, heck, you know, Derrick Henry ran for over, you know, 100 yards. I think because of the deep shots that loosened that Falcons defense up a little bit. And all of a sudden, this looks like a totally different defense, uh, offense, excuse me, from what we saw with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, think about it in one game. Levis doubled the touchdown pass total from Ryan Tannehill four to two. You know, <laughs> Tannehill had two touchdown passes the entire, you know, the the previous uh, games leading up to Sunday, and Levis doubled that with four in the same game. So we've only seen that a couple other times. Ironically, Mark Mariota for the Titans in 2015, opening day down in Tampa, and and uh, Fran Markenton, a rookie in his in his NFL debut with four touchdown passes. So it was a it was a memorable memorable debut for Will Levis. The crowd loved it, and you know the Titans fans down here in Nashville are, are excited about the second half of the season, mainly because you know it looks like the Titans have found their quarterback, which is important because it seems like the other teams in the division have found their young quarterbacks and, you know, and the Colts and the Texans and of course the Jaguars with Trevor Lawrence. So as happy as the Titans fans were on Monday, uh, Tim, I would have to say probably the happiest guy in middle Tennessee was Rand Carthon because, you know, he moved up in the second round to take Will Levis and, you know, his legacy obviously is going to be tied to whether or not Levis succeeds. So, uh, it was an unexpectedly fun and uh, banner day for the Titans and their fans on Sunday. Second happiest guy might be Hopkins. You talked about him a couple times, and uh, it looks like Levis has unlocked Hopkins. It wasn't very pretty for him for the first few weeks. I know he got 143 weeks ago, then it dipped again against Baltimore, and then as soon as Levis gets in there, he's got his first three touchdowns of the season. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny how that works. And you talk about quarterbacks all the time getting chemistry with wide receivers, and there appears to be chemistry here. And, you know, any wide receiver will tell you, uh, you know, you guys dealt with Antonio Brown all those years. And, you know, any any wide receiver that's accomplished anything in this league will tell you, just give me a chance. If I'm one-on-one, on one, I'm open. Throw, throw me the ball. Let me go make a play on it. And few in the history of the NFL have been able to make a play on the ball in the air better than DeAndre Hopkins. And I think, you know, with Will Levis, I think it's a situation where, hey, I see 10. He's, you know, locked up one-on-one. I'm going to give him a chance. And sometimes that's all you need. And, you know, they haven't worked a whole lot together in practice, obviously, because Tannehill has been taking the majority of the reps with the ones. But there certainly seems like there's really good chemistry there between those two. And I, I'll be very interested to see, you know, how that develops over the rest of the season. John Burton with us, formerly of Pittsburgh's 93.7 The Fan. And, of course, Channel 4. He was my colleague there for a long time. Now with Nashville Sports Radio and with News Channel 5 in Nashville as well. Wanted to go back to the points uh, that you were talking about with Derrick Henry and some of the speculation that existed that he could be traded. There was the buyer trade that took place. It felt like at the time that might have been like a, a warning shot going up that the Titans might be sellers. Then Levis does what he did. Y- you poke your head up. You see the state of the AFC beyond the division leaders. I mean, the wild card race is so wide open. Did what Levis accomplished in that first game as a starter kind of change people's eye level in Nashville as to what the prognosis should be in terms of being a buyer, a seller, or holding Pat. Yeah, it feels like it. You're right. They started off the week by trading Byer to very productive and 
popular player here. I mean, one of the most popular titans of the post, you know, Eddie George, Steve McNair, Keith Bullock era, right? By the way, I do a podcast with uh, Keith Bullock every week called What's Good with KB and JB. Would love for your listeners to check that out. But uh, I now, how much how much of that is spent on Syracuse University football and how much of that is spent on Titans football? Uh, a good amount is spent on Syracuse University. There we go. That's what I want to hear. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and I think the thought process was, okay, that's the first domino. If the Titans were to lose to the Falcons on Sunday and drop to two and five, I think the conventional thinking would have been, okay, well, doesn't look like it's going to be their year. Let's see what we can get for some other players. But I think that win, like I said, it certainly re-energized Mike Vrabel. He was positively giddy after the game. I mean, I've never seen him uh, smiling and and, 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 and and as happy as he was after that game. I mean, he was practically skipping to the post-game podium uh, after the game. I watched him leave the locker room, head to the podium. And, you know, he was he was he had that, you know, that uh, that cat that ate the canary grin on his face. So I think there's new energy in the building. I think there's new energy amongst the fan base. Like you said, you know, they're three and four, but they're in the mix for a wild card. Now it gets a little tricky as far as I'm concerned, because I feel like the AFC South is like the OVC conference in college basketball. It's one bid league. I don't think, I don't think the Titans can make the playoffs without winning their division and there's some tiebreakers and there's some games coming up that you know i'm not sure they're going to be are going to be favorable for them but as it stands right now they are in the mix for a wild card and so i think the feeling is hey let's go for it because after this year the rebuild or the retool or the competitive rebuild whatever they want to call it has to start and it's going to start Tannehill won't be here We'll see if Henry is here, you know, doubts of whether or not they'll bring him back. He's in the last year of his contract. It may be a situation where, hey, you know what? The Jaguars ran us down last year. Maybe this is the year we run them down. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. I think the Jaguars are legit. Steeler fans saw what they're, what they're made of uh, on this past Sunday, and I understand, you know, there's a lot of complaining about the officials and the calls and all that kind of stuff. The bottom line is the Jaguars went into Pittsburgh and got a win, and I think they're developing a toughness and a confidence in themselves to where this division is certainly theirs for the taking and theirs to lose. But you know, this is a long winded way of, of saying, yes, I do believe the, that, you know, the belief is here in Nashville, we can make a run and it'll be interesting to see what happens, especially if Levis goes in and locks it up Thursday night in Pittsburgh and, and, you know, the Titans win. It'll be interesting to see what happens once the Hill is healthy and ready to go. Um, they're not they go back to Tannehill or they stick with Levis or or you know where the franchise wants to go because they're at an interesting fork in the road right now because they know the rebuild is 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 there you know the rebuild is knocking on the door but the feeling to me might be you know what let's see how far we can go let's try to let's try to catch the Jaguars or get in as a wild card and see you know see what happens now is the JB and KB podcast taped or is it streamed live uh it's taped Excellent. So what you need to do then is do a bit where you call your own show in your Yinzer voice as the guy <laughs> whose terrible towel was stolen by Keith Bullock. Well, that has been a topic of conversation on the <laughs> podcast, as you might imagine. And, uh, you know, listen, you know, Keith, Keith's a Keith's, Keith's a man's man. He's a player's player. And, you know, he stands behind what him and Lendell White did that day and they don't regret it. But I remember... I was in my final days at new at uh, at Channel Four. I was still in Pittsburgh, 
And I remember me and uh, our mutual friend Chris watching the game at my at my uh, at my old apartment. And as soon as we saw that, we looked at each other. And we said, "Well, looks like the Steelers are going to win the Super Bowl." Because <laughs> 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 remember, the Titans were the one seed that yes, year. They exactly. Were, you know, and they. Yeah, and they'd beaten the Steelers to gain home field advantage. And I remember looking at Chris and Chris looking at me, shaking our heads, going, You done messed up, Keith. Because <laughs> that yeah, was the so uh that, that was, was the Tommy Maddox Gurney race year, wasn't it? No, that, oh, that was, was, no, that was previous. That was, was two thousand two. This is two thousand eight, yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Because right. remember the Steelers were the two seed that year, and then that, primarily right. because they stopped on the towel. Uh, remember the Ravens and then rookie Joe Flacco came into Nashville, uh-huh. beat them in the divisional, opening up the door for the Steelers to have home field. Remember, they beat the Chargers and, of course, beat the Ravens uh, and went on to win uh, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 43, I believe it was. Yeah, and then the 02 year was the year they had to go back there, and that was the Joe Nedney game. Yes, which I covered. Well, you, I know, you, you and I were both there for that, right? You and I were the ones standing next to Dwayne Washington's locker for 47 minutes waiting for him to <laughs> put his clothes on. Just, do you remember that? Like the way he looked up to I the do. ceiling? I do. <laughs> just do, exhaling whatever he possibly could just to get all the bad vibes out of his body so he could properly dress up without going off completely. He held it together a lot better than Deontay Johnson did this past Sunday. I can assure you of yeah, that. Yeah, I just, I just remember Cower... You know, his eyes were bloodshot red. Heinz Ward was blubbering like a like a child. <laughs> and uh and yeah, Dwayne Washington at his locker with the with the deep breaths. Yeah, I remember it well. Like you and I that were looking a, at each other at some day. point, we're like, should we help him put his shirt on? Like did, <laughs> do, do you want to get one pit with the deodorant and should we get the other? I mean like he put deodorant on his armpit seven times in hopes we would go away. <laughs> yeah. I'll never forget my that. Goodness, my goodness, what, uh, a, what a game. What a day that was. It's Jeez. been, what, four straight times that the Titans have lost to the Steelers, right? Yeah, something like that. I think, uh, yeah, I don't think they, I think the last time they beat them was uh, 2012, I want to say. Yeah. Uh, it, was, yeah. it, was a Thursday, it was a Thursday night game in Nashville, and I think uh, Rob Baronis, God rest his soul, uh, kicked the game field goal at the gun. John Burton with his final moments with him. Terrell Edmonds, has he said anything fun yet about coming back to Pittsburgh? No, he's been great. Uh, you know, I haven't. Uh, we only had a chance to talk to him the other day when he was uh, when he was um, brought in and and and, and signed by the uh, Titans. Um, seems like a nice kid, and uh, you know, he was really good about being asked about. Hey, you're basically replacing Kevin Byard, who was everything to this team. And he had nothing but good things to say about Kevin Byard, and you know, he says he's excited about the opportunity. It's got to be a little weird for him. It was a crazy week because he played, you know, for the Eagles Sunday night against the Dolphins, and then within 48 hours, he's with a new team trying to learn a new defense. And um, but Vrabel praised his attitude and 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 it re- seems to really like him. So we'll see if he can you know help this defense out because, like I said, you lose a lot when you lose a Kevin Byard, not only on the field but off the field with the leadership and everything like that. Kevin Byard was a guy, Timmy, that really took a lot of pride in being a leader and a go-to guy for this organization. And, of course, he played his college football down the road in Murfreesboro at Middle Tennessee State. His nickname was the mayor of Murfreesboro and an extremely popular guy. Did a lot, you know, for the city and the community and that kind of thing. So replacing him is certainly not easy. So you got to tell Edmonds that the city that got the second most traction – out of his baseball video with DeAndre Swift, his last days in Philadelphia, 
was Pittsburgh. Because mm. everybody in Pittsburgh saw that video of him enjoying baseball in the National League Championship Series and talking about his eyes being open to the great sport of baseball. And everybody was saying, like, dude, Terrell, I mean, I know the Pirates weren't good, but they were right here. I mean, you, <laughs> you could have gone to one game. <laughs> Well, maybe get the same same part of the city. You like, know? it's across a parking over. lot, Terrell. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> you know, what about Dollar Dog Night or Puppet the Park Night or something? You know. Oh, the Pirates, bless their hearts. Maybe Terrell can throw out the first pitch when you guys get a baseball team. Uh, yeah, apparently it's you know I keep hearing it's happening, but I haven't seen it yet. But uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Is it going to be the A's or no? The A's are going to Vegas. Where, who, who no, are the A's are going to Vegas. I've heard for years it, the Tampa Rays, but oh. now I guess they've got a new stadium that they're going to be trying to build down there. So um, I think the only way Nashville gets Major League Baseball is if they expand, and it'll have to be an American League team because where we are, it's kind of a Bermuda Triangle of Cardinals, Braves, and Reds. Mostly Braves. Most Nashvilleians are Braves fans when it comes to Major League Baseball. But, you know, there are pockets of Reds fans because we border Kentucky and Cincinnati is basically Kentucky. And St. Louis is St. Louis, right? They're the Yankees of the Midwest. So a lot of people are in the plus just down the road in Memphis, their AAA uh, baseball team is, is the Memphis Redbirds. So uh, it would have to be an American League team to be great because I get to see my Yankees come in a couple times a year. Well, John, if I ever get on the road again with the Steelers, I want my next stop to be Nashville. Got to see you down there sometime. Oh, for sure, man. Come on down. Let's just say I got some people down here I would love for you to meet. <laughs> John Burton <laughs> from Channel 5 in Nashville. You can also check him out on uh, Sports Radio. WNSR. WNSR, okay. show. Uh, 9 to 11 here locally, which would be 10 to noon, uh, Pittsburgh time. Uh, there is We do have an app, WNSR, if you want to check it out. It's me and... It's me and uh, my buddy Greg Pogue, Hall of Fame sports writer, and you know we just kind of kick it around for two hours. It's fun, you know, kind of like you used to do, a little radio in the morning, a little TV at night, just you know, keep keep everything rolling. Well, dude, I'm on my fourth tour of duty with Channel 4. I mean, how much better could it get? I know. I heard about that. How about that? <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, Emily you, you Jean Greco is about – Oh, you yeah. And Stocky going to team up and do anything? We hey. did. It, yeah, we did. Hello. We, we teamed up. Tim Benz. Hey, Tim. Uh, what do you think of the Steelers? <laughs> I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but he's the fourth most famous Andrew in the history of Pittsburgh. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, what the hell was it? You know, it's, it's stocky. What are you going to do, bro? I mean, I, I shared an office with that guy for five years. I mean, it, it is what it is. God bless him. I was hoping Andrew Taglianetti would chime in and just say fifth most famous. Fifth most famous. Right, exactly. I miss Andrew Tags. That was my guy. He just ripped Pat Narduzzi on Twitter. It was fantastic. <laughs> well, I mean, after, what was it, 58 to 7? And throwing his players under the bus for losing? Yeah, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dan Levitard's show played that clip, and I was like, "Yeah, that's the dudes." That's the dudes. <laughs> he kind of caught himself mid-sentence and was like, "Yeah, well, you know, we don't have players, but it starts with me." It starts, it starts with yeah, me. I got a coach better. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Coach Primus, yeah, we need new linemen. Next question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got, got a block for my kid better. Next question. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, man. We'll see you on Thursday. Okay. Always a pleasure, Timmy. I'll talk to you. Thanks, man. John Burton, our guest here from Nashville's we get set for Thursday night football, Titans and Steelers at Acres Acresher Stadium, John. Acresher Stadium on Thursday night.